Welcome to the Smiling Homeschooler Podcast. I'm your host, Ben Wilson. You are in for a great show. This week, we had the opportunity to interview author Chuck Black, who has written many incredible books. We also get to hear from my sister, Katherine Wilson. She has written three great books for girls. We talked to them both about helping your children learn to enjoy reading and some recommendations on good books to give your kids. Today's show is brought to you by Teaching Textbooks, an award-winning math program for homeschoolers that is sure to make you and your children smile. So let's get going. Here's my dad, Todd Wilson. Well, hey, everybody. We're excited about uh, tonight's episode or tonight's show uh, because we've got two people. Um, I've got my daughter, Catherine, sitting right next to me and then Chuck Black, a friend and an author. And Catherine said about this about Chuck Black that in her in her mind, it's like the equivalent to C.S. Lewis. Whoa. That's that's high (laughs) goodness. So I'm thinking. When she was 12, she said. When she was 12. Uh, so uh, you're still right up there. And uh, uh, Chuck, before I let you introduce yourself, I'm just going to say that we've known the the Blacks for I don't know how many years, but we both travel the homeschool convention circuit. Uh, we cross paths. We eat at Chick-fil-A every once in a while together. Um, and we've developed this this a unique friendship Maybe because we're both doing the same thing, encouraging homeschoolers. And uh, we're glad to have you with us tonight, Chuck. It is uh, awesome to be here, Todd. And we have enjoyed the friendship over the years. I've especially enjoyed all of the uh, the ribbing that you give me every time we meet. <laughs> no, it has been fun. I, I think we're, you know, like you say, we're both gypsies on the road, so that, that's kind of the common bond. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Well, now, uh, not everybody knows you're up in North Dakota, but tell us about yourself, your wife, your children, all those kind of information things. Okay. Um, well, I'm married to Andrea. We just celebrated our 35th wedding anniversary oh, here. That's um, awesome. At Thanksgiving. So uh, my grandparents my, have almost been married that long. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> uh, I really miss that, Todd. <laughs> uh, and I should tell everybody that your wife is like sitting off screen there. Yeah, uh, we may have to, we may have to bring her in here in a minute. But that's kind of like this laugh track, like the I Love Lucy show. This yep, like yep. laughter in the background. Yep, yep. Yeah, she'll she'll provide that for us. Um, so she is my much better half. Um, she's encouraged me to do things and probably would have never done had she not been there for me. So including writing books, which is an interesting twist on my life. Um, we have six children. We did homeschool all six kids all the way through from the uh, very beginning until just a few years ago when our last graduated uh, four years ago. Mm-hmm. And now we have um, the three boys and three girls. Three are married. One is engaged and two are still single. And uh, the last one to graduate from college is Keenan. He's uh, in his senior year at, Elect- uh, at NDSU. So we are definitely on this other side, this other season. Um, and it's fun. It's different. Uh, you do have to get used to it. The house is really quiet. <laughs> but we have uh, we've been blessed. God, um, one of one of our children, which challenged us I'd say more than all the others put together <laughs> um, ended up moving home after college and getting a, a job here in the oil field we're in the heart of the oil field and he had a lot of school debt to pay off so he ended up becoming an a lease operator welcome and uh, made lots of money paid off his loans and then came to work for me in our, in our new company he and his wife bought the house literally right across the alley and have oh, two of nice. our first 
grandchildren, and so we get um, grandparent fixes just about every day. It's pretty cool. Well, that's, awesome. that's awesome. That's Very awesome. Very similar setup. Well, you're an engineer um, by trade, um, but we're not interviewing on you on engineering. What? <laughs> but you you're sure? a writer. You're a writer. That's what we want to talk about ten, uh, tonight because, you know, there's a lot of moms listening, and they're thinking about Christmas, and they're thinking about books uh, for their kids, and I know some of them have been introduced to your books, but uh, how'd you become a writer? Well, it all started years ago when I was an F-16 pilot, Todd. <laughs> <laughs> See, Chuck tries to bring that up, like, almost in every conversation. <laughs> I was so. just waiting for you. He's like, awful. when he goes to the wa Walmart, you know, it's like, <laughs> I don't know if I've mentioned this. <laughs> and I used to be an F-16 pilot. Well, no. It takes <laughs> a lot of effort. And that's good. That's yeah. that's. <laughs> Hard to bring it in. Do you see? I just slipped that I in. Know it. It was like <laughs> seamless. Uh, tell us again how you became a, a writer. Okay. Um, well, it, it really started back when I was having family devotions with my kids, and um, you know they hear the stories of Christ and and all the stories of Scripture over and over and over again through uh, Sunday school and youth group and and every time it's turning around, you know they're being inundated with these stories, which are phenomenal stories, but I think somewhere in the process, um, it, it starts to become dull noise in the background to them, you know, and I remember having a devotional one night, and as I was reading um, a story from, I think it was the Gospel of John, and, and uh, I, I was getting these elephant nods from the kids, and these gla this glazed eye look, and uh, I just got so discouraged as a dad, because I thought, man, how can I make this come alive for them in a fresh new way? And so my prayer that night to the Lord was, Lord, I don't want my kids to become lackadaisical or apathetic in their faith. I want them to really just um, capture the heart and the passion of the story of Christ and let it transform their lives even at a young age. And so um, I, w I woke up in the middle of the night and uh, this uh, story came to me. It was kind of a download, I feel like, from the Lord. And I'd never written anything before in my life. I just started writing the story about a prince who comes from the kingdom across the sea who is dressed as a pauper, but he's a master of the sword. And he begins to raise up an army of knights to do battle against the evil shadow warriors and, and retake the kingdom for, for the king. And um, so I, I worked on that story for about four to five hours that night and a few hours the next couple of days. And I sat down with the kids at a devotional one evening. I said, kids, I want to do something different tonight. And I want to read a story to you. And I started reading this story to them, and uh, the most amazing transformation happened. They just became so engaged and so alive, and they were just sitting on the edge of their seats. And, and it was exactly what I was looking for, but not from a fictional story. It's what I wanted when I was reading the scripture. And, I, and, and quite honestly, my, my initial reaction to that was disappointment. And I thought, you know, why should a fictional story capture their hearts and imaginations the way I want the scriptures to? And then I, I feel like the Lord just kind of gently um, reminded me that, that it, that's how Jesus taught as well. We are just, we are people that are that love story. We love to be engaged with, with characters, even if they're fictional. And so, um, you know, Jesus told parable after parable, and he did that to capture the imaginations of the people, and then he twisted it and turned it into a, a, an impact um, full um, storyline that, that had truth and, and, and just incredible um, ability to transform lives and so um, I I took that story and I, I finished it up and I finally 
got my wife uh, corralled in the in the car when we were heading to a you know a, a nearby city 120 miles away. Yeah. <laughs> and I said, honey, I, I wrote this, and I'd just like you to read it and see what you think. And so I was a little, I was a little bit shy about that um, because I wasn't so sure that um, you know I wanted my English major wife excuse me, <laughs> um, to read. <laughs> what an engineer could write, you know, and, uh, but she finished reading it, and um, she closed it, and she had tears in her eyes, and she said, Chuck, you need to share this with other families, mm. so um, that's, that's really the kind of the beginning of the whole journey, uh, one thing led to another, and I'd actually prayed for the Lord to, to, to stop this process for two years, and every time I prayed that, he opened up another door, and it just got bigger and bigger, and pretty soon, I just couldn't keep up with it, and um, a publisher came on board and published it, and uh, one book turned into four, which turned into six, and then 12, and now 15. And so um, I, I've never really entered this with the intention of becoming a It really never happened. I've always been willing to step away from any at any point where I felt like the Lord was going to me. So um, that's kind of where I, where it came from. Uh, it's an unusual road to be an author. Uh, but I am very grateful that God seems to have given not only be me, but um, Andrea and all the, the kids and the family, an opportunity to minister out there and to get young people excited about, about the greatest story ever told in a fresh way. They are super good, and I would definitely recommend people go check them out, as like as we said before. But you can go look at them at perfect-praise.com if you want to go uh, check them out. But we were talking about Christmas gifts last week on the podcast um, for kids and specifically. Um, what did you want in, in your books and in other people's books as well for your children? What were some of your favorites uh, for your children when they were younger? Oh, man. My kids had a lot of favorites. Each one, of course, was different. Um, I would say that some of the favorites, of course, uh, Chronicles of Narnia comes to mind. Oh, yeah. um, the kids all love love those. But we did have some G.A. Henty favorites. Um the Cat of Bubastes, I think, was a big one. Mm -hmm. I know that our youngest son really enjoyed the Douglas Bond books. Um, Duncan's War, I think it is, and King Zero. Um, Carry On, Mr. Bowditch is a favorite as well. Um, Mara, Daughter of the Nile. There is a... Mm -hmm. each, each of the kids here, I had my wife grab a couple of them so that I would not mess it up. Johnny mm -hmm. Tremaine, uh, A Tree Grows in Brooklyn. You guys are probably familiar with all these. And I've of course, heard that one. And and Anne of Green Gables, of course. I mean, oh, the class. There is another series that uh, it, it, it's an unusual series. It's actually kind of a sci-fi series, back in the '60s, written by John Christopher, called The Tripods. Hmm. And uh, I read it when I was a kid, and I read it to my kids, and it quickly became a, a favorite of, of theirs. Um, not necessarily a Christian series, but definitely teaching principles that you know that you want your kids to to learn. And so, pretty cool. So it sounds like well, this is not on the thing. That so it sounds like you read aloud to your kids. Then is that something you guys used to do? I know that was something yeah. I always appreciated. Dad did, but yeah, that's awesome. absolutely. Andrea probably did most of the reading aloud. I did read my manuscripts to my kids out loud. And so right. was beta testers. That's right. <laughs> they were my beta testers. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I hate when Ben says, "Yeah, Dad did that." Yeah, that's true. Right. tense. I'm sure Cal and Jed have gone through hundreds with you. Yeah, right. Well, maybe not. <laughs> Well, hey, Chuck, just in case people don't know about your books, you know, tell us about your books. And then, uh, well, you can start by telling us about your books. Okay. 
Well, the first series that started out that that I, I didn't write them chronologically. I, I started out with the story of Christ, which is uh, Kingdom's Edge. But the first series is called the Kingdom series, and it's a six-book series. It's writ written in a medieval time period. It's allegorical, so I basically start in Genesis and go chronologically through the Bible all the way through to Revelation using an Arthur-esque type story to retell the scriptures. And uh, two generations of characters basically spans that, so it's, a, it's kind of a compressed allegory. But uh, I hit all the major events of scripture and really kind of put those events in chronological order biblically so that young people can understand that, that, that line that, that the Lord was bringing through the Jewish people to a Messiah. And then on beyond that. Um, and uh, Ben, you mentioned my website. Probably an easy one to remember is kingdomseries.com. That's where okay, it's cool. based after the first series. So after I finished that series up, um, I felt like I needed to have a series that, that focused exclusively on helping young people identify challenges that the enemy often puts in their lives and then how the Lord helps them overcome those challenges. And so it's the second series is called the Knights of Erythrae or the Knights series and it's another six book series and it chronicles uh, basically the church age but not um, allegorical historically but more on biblical principles how to identify and overcome strongholds that the enemy would use against you for example um, Sir Kendrick's about overcoming a spirit of rebellion Sir Bentley is about overcoming a spirit of greed and then um, Dalton is doubt Carlos is escapism and then we have Sir Quinlan, which is apathy, and Sir Rowan, which is pride. And so each of them kind of independent stories, but they're all connected back to the original six-book kingdom series. And those are the 12 uh, books that make up that, that Aerith Trey, which is the name of the kingdom, the Aerith Trey series. And then um, after that, I, I wanted to write something that was um, not necessarily allegorical, but straight-up fiction that depicted spiritual warfare in a way that young people could uh, really identify with. Um, so... Uh, that is called The Wars of the Realm. It's a three-book series, and it's a modern-day spiritual warfare series designed to help us see the spiritual world in a whole fresh new way. A little bit of combination of maybe a Frank Peretti and like a Jason Bourne, kind of a spy espionage thriller. So, and then uh, I'm just now working on another series. I just finished the first book and um, haven't turned it in yet. I'm, I've got my beta readers testing it out. <laughs> nice. That's so awesome. it, if you were going to, you know, maybe give some uh, guidance into where a mom might start. I mean, if she's thinking about, oh, I'm going to buy some. I'm not going to buy all 12, even though that would be great if she'd buy all 12 or <laughs> all 15. Um, yeah. Where would she start at the very beginning of the very book one of the Kingdom series? Yeah, uh, great question. It really kind of depends on, on uh, a couple of factors. First is the age of the kids. Um, all of the books, the first 12 books are all great for ages from about seven or eight all the way into adulthood. And what's kind of remarkable about this, which I didn't, I can't say that I planned it in, it's just something that the Lord did for us, is the books appeal to both um, both guys and gals, mm -hmm. and really a wide age range because there's multiple layers of allegory. So your eight and nine year old's gonna enjoy the action part of the story and they'll pick up some of the major events, but you know, your 18 and 19 year old are actually gonna get in and understand some of the deeper level connections that are happening. You know, the, the dispensation changes, the difference between the old covenant and the new covenant, when that happens, that kind of thing. Um, excuse me. So. Uh, I would say that if you have um, that younger group of kids in that 7 to maybe 12, you'd start at the Kingdom series. You may want to, if you have a little bit older team, you could jump right into the Knights of Erythrae series and definitely the Wars of the Realm. Wars of the Realm, just because it's a little bit more intense, we do recommend that for, um, say, 12 and above. So. 
And they're not um, the Knights of Erythrae, and it, it, it isn't sequential necessarily based off the kingdom, right? Right, right. Yeah, those can be written read in just about any order. Right. Um, we do recommend books uh, three and four to be kind of sequential. But other than that, yeah, you could read those in any order. Hey, and I and only because I know some moms are gonna, you know, because homeschool moms are all, you know, testing to make sure everything's. Uh, okay. Yeah. Um, besides, you know, none of your books having rock music. Um, what else? What else do you? Because I've heard your little spiel before. Uh, <laughs> there are some things that you don't include, or that they don't have to be afraid of. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, that's a big question, Todd. <laughs> um, I would say that uh, I, I come from a fairly conservative background, but I, I'm also a guy that loves adventure, and um, so. I, one thing that I do have pretty strong convictions about is no magic, mysticism, or sorcery. And so um, the books have none of that in it. Um, it other elements that uh, that might come to question are you know, romance, um, that kind of thing. There is a romantic element in, in the books, but from a very, very um, wholesome perspective. Mm-hmm. That's so, awesome. Yeah, I, I have yet to have come across families that have had any sort of an issue with that. So it's all, it, you know, we, we had a very... Um, uh, very, I don't know, courtship is, is probably a little strong, but that kind of perspective in our family is how we, we raise our kids. And that's kind of the perspective that you'll see. And then all the battles, they always come to a friendly conclusion at the end with a, they talk <laughs> right. it out, right? Oh, yeah, talk it out. Yeah. No, yeah. no. Well, it's not extreme gore or anything like that. <laughs> no, they're, they're definitely not graphic or anything yeah. like that. There is some intensity. Is that, right. And so really at that eight or nine-year-old age range is where it's... Uh, you're perfectly good for it. That's okay. something I always really liked about him. I think I was probably, I don't know, 13 or 14, maybe something around there, maybe a little younger. But I like that, you know, some allegorical books are like very heavy handed to the point that it kind of detracts from making it even a fun story to read where it's just so kind of sure. little work put into it. And that's something I definitely appreciated is obviously you can tell it is pointing to something greater, but at the same time, it's not you know, uh, it's still a super engaging, fun to read, if that makes sense. Cause I know I've read a couple others that I, not that not your books that I really were almost too allegorical that it just made it not even like I could just go read the Bible, you know? I mean, it's pretty much yeah, the same yeah. thing just with the different names. So I think you did a great job with that. Um, what would you Thanks. say to, or encourage a mom of a non-reader, where might she start for that child? Uh, not just in your books, but in general, even. Yeah. Uh, well, I appreciate that question too, Ben. Um, you know, one of the things that really surprised us as over the years as we went out to different conferences and shared this with families is how much the books, especially the first few books, appealed to non-readers. Uh, the books are not overwhelming. They're not dumbed down by any means, but the chapters are short. Um, the action is pretty frequent, and every chapter has a hook in it to keep them going. So um, we've had so many moms that said that they've had reluctant readers, and even some that had some disabilities that um, got engaged with the books and it was the kind of the door that opened the world of reading to them. And we were very humbled by that um, because it's, again, not something we designed into it. It just naturally happened. Um, and so grateful for that. As far as other books, um, hmm. in... Or not just even other books, but just in general, if you have a child that maybe isn't you know, a reader at all, would you have advice gotcha. to them? Uh, well, I know I know I can just speak from what the those moms out there have shared with us about our books that the first the first couple books in particular um, Kingdom's Dawn and Kingdom's Hope 
um, are definitely books that seem to really open that door, especially if you can read a chapter to them and then they'll be engaged and then hand them the rest of the book and say, here, you know, check this out on you. Or we do have fully dramatized audio books too. A lot of moms, what I'll do is I'll say, get them the first book on audio. It's idea. fully dramatized action, you know, the music, the whole nine yards. And then that book kind of leaves them hanging. And then you hand them the printed book, this number two, and say, here, here's the rest of the story. So that works. Trick them. Trick them into reading. <laughs> Whatever it takes. <laughs> well, you also have some other cool stuff on your website. I know you have a board game because I know Sam, our Sam, son, uh, worked on part of the project with you. Uh, tell us about that. Yeah, I, we were so grateful uh, to have Sam on that project with us. And wow, what a talented guy he is. Um, so the uh, I, I'd always wanted to bring the Kingdom series to board game. And I'd worked, my son, um, Ian, the one that lives across Seattle, um, has a degree in uh, public relations and marketing and, and advertising and, and web design. And so um, he's, he's very artistic. And I, I told him, I said, Ian, we need to have this thing board game. So I kept on, kept on. Finally, he turned it into a senior design project, but it didn't really get off the ground. A couple of years ago, I said, it's time, Ian. You, you can't get away from me. You're across the alley. I'm going to come up with this. It's done. <laughs> and uh, he and his wife, Tess, ended up um, helping me design this board game. And it, it this the integration from the books to board game was almost seamless. It was just incredible. So uh, you basically live out the books on a board game. There's a kingdom that is owned or controlled by the Shadow Warriors. And what I like about the game, um, and this was this was an idea that my daughter-in-law came up with, is that it's cooperative. Everybody's on the same team working together. You actually have to share resources. You have to fight for one another. Um, you have to strategize together. Uh, you have to have incredible teamwork, and ultimately, you actually have to sacrifice for one another, and actually to regain the kingdom for the prince um, before he returns from mm -hmm. the shadow. Yeah. So, um, it's it's even though it's cooperative, it's as intense as a game of risk. <laughs> um, but it's it's you know at the end of the game, you're still friends because you're on the same. So, mm -hmm. um, and Sam did a phenomenal job. He actually created all the characters for us, uh, all the main characters in the books. And then painted our features, and uh, it's it's, uh, it's pretty cool. Yeah. It is pretty it is cool. Pretty... Well, hey, uh, we're just about out of time with you. Um, so tell everybody listening how they can learn more about you or your books. Where's the easiest way to find you? Uh, probably our website, uh, Todd. It's KingdomSeries.com, and uh, you can find out about uh, our company and me as an author, and then um, our books as well. We put, like I said, we got. Got a lot of things on there, but the books and the and the audio books and the board game is is the thing that's really um, families are getting for Christmas this year. And that's awesome. So yeah, we I really appreciate the time with you. This has been fun, and uh, can't wait to see you again on the road this next year. Sounds great. Sounds great. Well, thanks for joining us, Chuck. Yeah, thanks, Todd. Coming up right after this will be a quick interview with my sister Catherine. But before that, we want to thank our sponsor, Teaching Textbooks. If you're looking for a great Christmas gift for your kids, don't even consider buying them a subscription to teaching textbooks. But if you're sick of your math curriculum and you're tired of finding them on math lessons, check out the best homeschool math curriculum on the market, teaching textbooks. Whether you like teaching math or feel like you're in over your head, teaching textbooks will put a smile on your face as well as your child's. In every math subject, teaching textbooks provide solutions for every single math problem. It also keeps track of how they're doing so you can check in and see if they're getting it. You can check out a sample lesson at teachingtextbooks.com as well as find their price for individual and family plans. You're going to like it. We did, and we think you uh, should go check them out. Thanks to Teaching Textbooks for their support of this show. Well, let's continue then, since we're still on. We're going to 
we're going to talk to my daughter, Catherine, because Catherine uh, is like the female C.S. Lewis of the world. <laughs> uh, and uh, uh, Chuck Black said you were. And uh, she's written some books, uh, you know, that we're going to talk about. But I thought before we talk about her books, because she was a voracious reader, still is. And I thought uh, I'd ask her about some of the books uh, that she would recommend for girls. Well, Chuck Black's The Kingdom series would probably be at the top of that list. I loved The Kingdom series. I've read them over and over. It's nice of our Thray series is also great. Um, outside of those, I loved um, historical fiction. So as a probably 12 to 15 year old, I loved an old series called uh, We Were There. Lots of great um, historical fiction stories from everything from Pearl Harbor to the Alamo and everything in between. Um, I loved the classics. I loved Little House on the Prairie, um, uh, Elsie Dinsmore for a while. I read a lot of those. Uh, <laughs> there are a lot of them, but they're, they're fun. Um, I loved, uh, Louisa May Alcott, some of her lesser known. I loved Little Women and Little Men, but also she has some called Jack and Jill, um, Eight Cousins was one of my favorites. Uh, we used Sunlight for a long time, so a lot of those books became some of our favorites. Um, Elizabeth George Spear had a couple that um, that I really enjoyed. Um, Calico Captive, that was a really good one. Um, also, The Wingfeather Saga, that's a newer series um, that has at least come to my attention, but I'm hearing more and more about it. Um, it's completely fantasy but um, also has an allegorical kind of spin to it. Um, and that one's a lot of fun. It's different from The Hobbit or Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Um, kind of has a more modern twist to it, um, which I think is equally appealing to teenagers, but also to younger kids, because um, it kind of incorporates just a lot more of the fun and humor into it. So those are some of my favorites, I think. Well, I'll go ahead, go, go ahead. I was just going to say, Andrew. so... For the people, we'll ask her then. For the people who are, uh, you know, watching or listening, what kind of inspired you to re read or write your books? Then, did you hear that? To read or to write? To write your books. We know. Yeah, I don't know. We did you inspired me to read? My love for reading inspired me to write. I've, I mean, I can remember. I think when I was probably, probably six or seven, starting to write stories that never went beyond a chapter, just because I loved the stories. I loved. Um, kind of envisioning what was happening in my head, um, just kind of planning out how I wanted it to end or what I wanted it to look like. And um, probably about 12 to 13, I kind of ran out of reading material. I'd read kind of all of the all the series we've talked about today um, and was just, just running out. And um, so I just basically started writing what I wanted to read, stories that were exciting and intriguing. Um, but also wholesome and um, kind of pure for those for those young girls especially. Because um, typically after you get past Boxcar Children, you've read Elsie Dinsmore, you've gone through, um, you know, Chuck Black's or The Lord of the Rings um, or Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, you're kind of, um, you kind of hit another level that's maybe a bit more advanced, but they start introducing other topics and other material as well. And so that's kind of what I steered away from. I wanted it to be all of those things and appeal to the um, preteen, also older teen girls, but also still keep the wholesome content that parents wouldn't have to be afraid of their daughter's reading. 
So she came up with a, a book, and this is the first one right here, and it's called The Stolen Princess. Um, book one of the Maidens of Maladone. I almost said Maids. Maidens of Maladone. Uh, tell us what, what the book's about. That one specifically? This one specifically. <laughs> um, well, that one is about a, just a princess. Her name's Rose. Um, Maladone was just a place that I imagined up um, about girls. Uh, kind of 16 to 18, that age range, but still um, kind of dealing with some of the maybe extraordinary circumstances, but still some of the same um, kind of responses that girls today have, whether it's fear or insecurity or doubt in the second one. Um, yeah, and just kind of learning to rely on God, even through the, the really hard. Um, and... <laughs> There you go. Very nice. Um, and so in the second one, um, that's the daughter of Rose in the first one. Kind of follows What's her story. Because people are listening to this. A mirror's secret. A mirror's secret. Yep. And then the third oh, one yeah, is. They can't, they can't hear. The third one is The King's War. Yes. Yep. And they are on familymanweb.com, so you can go check them all um, out as well there. So just FYI. Go ahead. Uh, they can go with the smilinghomeschooler.com too. Mm -hmm. Right. I was going to ask, oh, what, and what, did you say what, ask her what age range did you say what she would suggest? For? Um, I've had eight-year-olds read them. I've also had 16, 17-year-olds read them. Um, Content-wise, it's fine for any age, and that was my goal. I wanted it to be exciting enough for an older teen, but also um, kind of pure enough for uh, an eight-year-old or a nine-year-old. Mm -hmm. So as long as the, the reading level is there, which they're not anything fancy, um, then anyone can enjoy them. Well, I know what people are going to ask because every time they hear about, you know, some kid or some parent's daughter or son who are writing, exactly they think, what, I was gonna what say. did you do? What did you do to make her a writer? Uh, we didn't do anything to make you a writer, did we? <laughs> and just to be clear, we also have siblings that can't write a sentence hardly. I remember <laughs> Sam, like, you know, it used to be write a short story on the fox or whatever it is. And Sam would be like, the fox was red. It had a tail. <laughs> the end. Literally, he just could never right. get more than a sentence or two. So it's not every kid. Exactly. Exactly. But you did you did cover some uh, uh, mom gave you some writing curriculum. What were what were the names of those? Um, the first one that I can remember that was specifically for novel writing was um, learn to write the novel way. Um, kind of helped me plan it out a little bit. I did, went through that when I was 14. That's when I wrote the first rough draft for that first book. Um, kind of helped me figure out some of the more technical aspects, I guess. Helped me finish it. Um, another really good one that I've never gone through, but I've heard really good things about, is uh, the one-year adventure novel. Um, and probably isn't for the kid who doesn't want to write at all, but for the one who is really just has that bent towards fiction. Because um, I, as a as a younger kid in school, I really struggled with the very structured writing programs. Um, I loved to write, but I hated having to fit inside the box of writing what they wanted me to write or writing um, kind of according to their guidelines, which was helpful when I hit high school. I did do more of that, but um, really my mom just encouraged me to write for a long time. She just let me write didn't force a curriculum on me, kind of gave me um, the tools, but never never graded things or made me feel like I had to s hit this certain mark. She really just let me, wrote, or let me write, and that, um, I think that 
really enabled me to to write those, just having that time and that freedom. So there you go. Uh, two great authors, Chuck Black and Catherine Wilson, C.S. Lewis and C.S. Lewisa. Uh, <laughs> and uh, so, Mom, I uh, hope that gave you some ideas. Hope you'll check out the Kingdom series and the other books by Chuck Black. And that you'll also check out on the smilinghomeschooler.com some of Catherine's books, uh, The Maidens of Maladone. You can uh, get them at our website. I know your daughters will love them, and you'll be glad they're reading them. I think, Dad, we had a, I had a couple comments we can read after the show ends if you want. Um, but if you are listening and haven't seen it yet, we did. Uh, Dad put together a very funny uh, and real um, post over on Facebook about if little Cindy Lou Who from The Grinch grew up and was a homeschool mom. So that, that's really fun. But we had a couple of good comments, and I thought, Dad, maybe you could. I thought it was kind of interesting. Uh, just kind of encouraging. Charity M said, I am 42. When I only had two kids, we took the whole month of December off for crafts, baking, visiting. Uh, now with five still at home and one away and married, we are going to do this again. So, you know, she's thankfully remembered before uh, they were all grown up and gone away, but I think that's important. So we're, we're encouraging people mm-hmm. to do is not necessarily take all of December off, but uh, take time during Christmas and stuff to, you can take it off if you want, but you can do whatever you want. <laughs> but uh, we're not saying you have to, but that would be cool. But take some time off and just enjoy being with your family and because uh, you homeschool and don't feel guilty you can do exactly and, and you don't need to feel guilty i mean i just i saw some comments over facebook today moms who are in this struggle they say oh i'd like to take this time off but i just don't know if we get behind my kids are older and i'm like quit it <laughs> stop <laughs> you don't have to feel guilty your kids aren't going to be get lose anything they're not going to lose their edge who cares if they cover it all it doesn't matter it's more important to enjoy the these weeks leading up to Christmas where you're really learning important things. You're teaching your kids important things. Those aren't just cute things to say. It's the truth. Hey, before uh, we shut off here and then we can talk a little bit more, I of course have to give another commercial. Um, if you're going to, if you're still needing a great game, I know Chuck Black's game sounds good, but it's not as good as ours. Um, and that's to Bethlehem. Uh, you're going to want to check that out. Uh, you can uh, get it online at the smiling homeschooler.com. Um, your family's going to enjoy it. And then if you're still looking for the perfect home, the perfect gifts for your husband, I don't know why you haven't gotten your you to dad daily calendar yet. Your husband's going to love it. You're going to love it. And then if you throw in one of these amazing hats, he's going to have the perfect Christmas guaranteed. We're going to say goodbye for now until next week. Um, take off some time, enjoy those special, uh, moments with your kids bake some cookies, make some candy, do something, just goof off, watch a Christmas video, or just hang around in your pajamas. And I'm telling you, if you do that, it's going to make you smile. Thanks for joining us for another episode of the Smiling Homeschooler podcast. We hope you enjoyed hearing from Chuck and Catherine. If you'd like to check out Chuck's books, go to kingdomseries.com, and you can find Catherine's books over at our website, thesmilinghomeschooler.com. We want to thank our good friends at Teaching Textbooks for making today's show possible. You can learn more about all their great math products, try out some sample lessons, and check out their affordable pricing at teachingtextbooks.com. Have a great week, and as always, keep smiling.
happiest, yes, the happiest, yes, the happiest. We wish you the happiest, the happiest, the happiest New Year. Hey,